I'm not here to brag. I'm not here to say I told you so. I don't have any insider information when it comes to this stuff either. But when you understand Penn State's thinking process and how they look at the upcoming schedule, it's actually pretty easy to predict which one they're going to select as the whiteout game. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. I am your host of the show, as always. Thanks so much for joining me here on another Locked On Nittany Lions. And Locked On Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. You can visit happyvalleyinsider.com for all the latest on Penn State athletics, football, men's basketball, recruiting season is in full swing before we get back to the fall with Penn State football. And that's why you go there. HappyValleyInsider.com for Penn State rivals. Uh, On this episode, so Penn State released the home game themes uh, just yesterday. Penn State announcing all seven home games, what they're going to be. The whiteout, if you were here on Locked on Nittany Lions, checked out Happy Valley Insider. You knew it was coming that Iowa was going to be the whiteout. Now, it was just kind of a matter of what network it was going to be. I was surprised that CBS ended up moving it to an 8 o'clock spot. So there's probably some contract things in there, the way that they set up games. And I'm going to break that all down in this episode. So you're going to kind of get a better understanding of the way that these TV networks approach the games how they schedule them, what their thought process is, including Penn State. Okay, what are the Nittany Lions thinking? What's Pat Kraft thinking? Why did they choose the Iowa Hawkeyes for that game? I already gave that criteria in another episode when I made the prediction ultimately, but I feel like that that is important to lay it all out again. We're also going to address all the other themes for the six other home games, including the whiteout, and then briefly talk about Michael Van Buren. He's actually moved up his commitment date, the class of 2024, Four-star quarterback that Penn State is in the top three for Oregon, Maryland still in there, Michael Van Buren. We're going to figure out if he's going to go to Penn State or not. His commitment date is moved up to May 20th. So let's start with the Nittany Lions and the fact that they made the Iowa Hawkeyes the 2023 whiteout. And in the first episode that I devoted strictly to the whiteout in the conversation, I also asked special guest Jason Lord about it. Uh, So you can go check out the commentary from those previous episodes, and and I will link them in the description as well. But Penn State looked at this game for a variety of reasons and said, okay, this is going to be the whiteout. The first reason, of course, is time and network. I'm going to kind of condense this a little bit further. But CBS making it a night game obviously does the trick, right? Uh, NBC actually has Notre Dame and Ohio State. They are going to make that the night game, or maybe maybe they put that at a different time. I think that's still going to be a 7.30 kick that's going to be a little conflicting, but... Uh, NBC already has that game and they're going to keep that game. They have a preference for uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. So that left Penn State and Iowa wide open for the taking in terms of the draft. So the way that these TV networks work uh, is they sit down and this was even with ESPN included, but they would all get together and basically have a draft. They have a fantasy draft of these football games. So let's take Ohio State and Michigan. That seems to be the biggest game. It is the biggest game when it comes to the Big Ten. You just look at the TV ratings. You look at the media numbers. It's Ohio State and it's Michigan. And Fox has the first pick. They had the first pick 
last year. They had the first pick again this year with the new TV rights agreement. So they took that game. Now, I don't know how it worked after that as far as did NBC take the Notre Dame Ohio State game, right? Did they select that even though NBC has the direct rights to Notre Dame football? So did that pass over them? As as a pick, because they automatically already had that kind of they were on auto draft, if you will, you know, the fantasy drafts, they were on auto pick. Uh, And then CBS, because they are still partnered with the SEC, they have to air SEC football games from week three on at that 3.30 p.m. time slot. That's where things get a little complicated. Now, they're a full partner in 2024. But understanding those factors, Penn State. Uh, and this is now here's the full conversation around this. this is going to come full circle. Fox is back in the fold. So what's the next best game? Penn State, Michigan from a media viewpoint, right? Okay. Us Penn State fans, we think that Nittany Lions, Wolverines, that's better than Ohio State and uh, Michigan. But besides the point, but Fox probably got a second pick in there early up on the schedule and they chose to take Penn State and Michigan. Now, that's one reason. And Fox, of course, is going to make this probably a big noon game. They're going to make it the big noon kickoff. They like that time slot. They don't have to compete with any SEC football. That's the whole plan behind it. That's what they like to do. Uh, If that wasn't a secret anymore, it shouldn't be. Uh, So Fox is going to make Michigan-Ohio State the noon game and also Penn State-Michigan a noon game. Penn State wants the whiteout game to be at night. So that's where time and network get involved. Of course, weather is a huge factor. Uh, Penn State, Michigan, even if it had gotten picked up at night, it's still not ideal. It is not ideal to play a whiteout game where you absolutely need because the crowd factor is in. Let's take the Northwestern game, for example, a season ago in 2022. That had ugly conditions. Very bad conditions. And Penn State, I, I'm not saying that they should have made that the whiteout game or anything like that, but look at the crowd. The way the crowd was, uh, it gets rainy, it gets colder. There could potentially be snow in that mid-November game against Michigan. You don't want that for your, you want the best atmosphere for the best atmosphere, right? You want the best temperature, the conditions for fans to pack the stadium so that it's 107,000 plus. Uh, and they get in that game, and then opponent comes in, okay? So Penn State is willing to take those first two factors before the opponent comes into play because, okay, West Virginia could have been the whiteout, right? UMass, any of the home games in in October and and, and September could have been potentially a whiteout, but they're not going to make Delaware. They're not going to make UMass the whiteout game. Uh, They weren't even going to make West Virginia the whiteout game. West Virginia and Penn State doesn't have that same kind of uh, dynamic that it used to. Okay, it's going to be a nice throwback game, but I wouldn't even argue a Penn State pit. If they played that first game, say it was Pitt instead of West Virginia, I wouldn't make that game the whiteout. You want the when you combine all those factors together, network, kickoff time, weather, and then you get to the opponent. Now comes Iowa into play, okay? Over the past decade, I know I've gotten some pushback about using the word rival because Penn State is unrivaled. Like, I get it. That's the brand. That's the theme. But come on. Iowa has been a thorn in the side of Penn State for quite some time, okay? At least the past decade. Uh, <laughs> and even going back further, right? The 6-4 to four game in the early 2000s. But uh, you you think about the Trace McSorley, Juwan Johnson walk-off touchdown, uh, just... 
two seasons ago, right? In 2021 with, uh, you know, oh, the shoulder and accused Penn State getting accused of faking injuries to slow down Iowa's fast-paced, high-tempo offense, right? Uh, there, There's a lot of bad blood between these two teams. And I, I really like the setup for this. It was kind of the same thing with Minnesota last year. It was earlier in the schedule. That was a revenge opportunity. James Franklin has input in this. You mean to tell me that he doesn't want to use the whiteout game, the best card in his deck for a chance to stick it to one of those opponents? Exactly. So it's not always about Michigan, Ohio State. Now, I will say this, okay? If you were to flip Michigan and uh, if you were to flip Michigan and Iowa, right? And Michigan was in September and Iowa was in November, well, then this is where it, this is where it does get complicated because what does Penn State do if that's a noon game? They've had noon whiteouts before, but now it's in September. Like I said, it's the, it's the factors. You combine kickoff time with network, with weather, so part of the schedule, where they are lined up in the schedule, and then the type of opponent. Uh, Iowa fits the mold this year, right? You check off a lot of those boxes that I have made mention to. It's going to be on CBS at 8 p.m. Uh, and like I said, CBS uh, was... It, they're married to that 3.30 time slot with the SEC, but they can still have that night game in there. Uh, but Penn State was never going to choose West Virginia. Penn State, uh, Indiana, no, <laughs> no, that was not that was not going to be the case. But strictly, the reason why Michigan is not the whiteout is because Fox is going to make that a noon game. If they pick it up, right, we still don't have official word on that. We just kind of assume that Fox is taking the big noon game for Penn State, Michigan. We just know that it's they're going to take Ohio State and Michigan. We just know that for a fact. They don't. They, you don't need to announce that or make anything formal, right? But Penn State, they since there hasn't been that formal announcement, you just imagine that it's going to be on Fox, and we know that Fox wants to take that first game. They want to be the first game every Saturday and, and not have to compete with anybody else. And honestly, I don't blame them. I think it's a good strategy. But that is why Penn State picked Iowa for the whiteout and not Michigan. It's just simply because Penn State is not going to sacrifice a beautiful Saturday evening to for the pop of the whiteout, get 107,000 fans in there, and not have to risk – the, the poor environment conditions with rain, cold, it, potentially snow, right? It's central Pennsylvania. It's unpredictable. But that is why the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, are the 2023 whiteout game. And, and I know it's not the same. You'd rather it be Michigan. I'm sure the fans are saying, yes, we'll be there in the cold. It doesn't matter. We'll be in the rain uh, and, until it comes around, right? Take the Northwestern game for, for a concrete example. That, that is how you know. Okay, but that's that's where Penn State stands in all of this. Uh, it is locked on Nittany Lions, and they released the other home game themes. Of course, we're going to break those down and then just you know, talk about them in the next segment. And Michael Van Buren is set to make his decision May 20th. That is uh, on the way in the final segment. First, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Built. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? No, I don't. Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. That is built. You've got to try this. And if you're like me, where you don't want to, where you want to make the healthier snack choices and you don't want to compromise all the taste, I've got just the thing for you. Both built bars and built puffs. Now, built bars are healthy and they taste amazing, but what makes them taste amazing and what makes them so good 
Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies, and cream. I'm really not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better, they are healthy for you, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been telling you go to built.com. You can still do that when getting your specialty flavors, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That is right. Head to Walmart and go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, a run in, grab yourself a 13 bar box with head flavors like brownie batter puff or churro puff. You can thank me later. Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch again. Locked On Nittany Lines, now your go-to podcast for Penn State Rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com or pennstate.rivals.com for everything Penn State athletics. So Penn State has its home game schedule filled out. Uh, West Virginia will start there and then, of course, finish with Rutgers being senior day. That's pretty self-explanatory, right? The final home game is senior day. There was no guessing about that. But West Virginia is going to be the helmet stripe. And just a quick thoughts here, right? It's going to be the season opener. It's your home opener. West Virginia is an atypical opponent, right? You don't see them every year. This is a home and home series. Uh, and this is perfect uh, in, on the side of things when it comes to NBC, you know, with the new TV rights agreement that you have that as the big Saturday night. That is going to be uh, NBC's first Big Ten night game. And Penn State's going to do it right. And I think the helmet stripe is fitting. I thought this could be in consideration for the stripe out, but the helmet stripe, in a way, acts as a pseudo whiteout. Uh, you have the 50-yard line seats sections around the 50-yard line be in blue, and then everybody else is in white. So essentially 90, what, 95% of the stadium is going to be in a whiteout, and that will look good on TV for the first game of the season. Ideal conditions, West Virginia. Again, I think Penn State will blow them out. I think Penn State wins by, I don't know what the spread would be right now, but I think Penn State can beat them by three, maybe four touchdowns. Uh, the the stripe out will look good when they're doing that, okay? Uh, but yes, that that is a, a de facto whiteout uh, in a sense without tainting the whiteout. Moving to the second game, right? Delaware back-to-back September 9th. That is going to be the Thon game, also known as Spirit Day. So of course, Thon largest student run philanthropy organization in the world. I cannot stress this enough. And this of course comes directly from Penn state's website, go PSU sports.com $204 million raising that kind of money for four diamonds at Penn state health children's hospital uh, in the fight against childhood cancer. It's a great cause. Of course, uh, it's it's a right cause. It's a noble cause. And this is the game. I'm glad that Penn State football uh, does recognize this movement, does recognize Thon uh, for an entire football game. Uh, then October 14th. So, of course, Penn State uh, is going to have a little bit of a road trip, right? They got Illinois, then they got North, they got Northwestern, uh, and they're also going to have a bye wedged in there as well. October 14th against UMass. I kind of saw this one coming as well. It's homecoming. Yes, the alumni are welcome back. Uh, the homecoming, of course, they'll have a parade. The, the band alumni are encouraged. You're going to see a lot of former players be around. Uh, and the generations of greatness. I personally, let me know in the comments if you don't. 
I like that they do switch it up and they go with the generations of greatness uniforms, the number on the helmet, uh, the different jerseys, the uh, the different shoes, right? They're the white cleats. Uh, and, and it's just got a nice look, man. Is it nice being partnered with Nike or what? <laughs> uh, it looks very good. And I'm glad that they do it for one game. So uh, this is the one game and UMass is a game where they shouldn't feel uh, threatened by any means. Uh, they should win this game handedly. So we're talking about West Virginia, three, four touchdowns. Now we're talking UMass five or six touchdowns. UMass is just not as good at football, uh, but that's your homecoming game. And remember Penn state didn't lose its homecoming game to Illinois in 2021. So you'd rather be safe than sorry. Uh, and this, this, I think Delaware's a little too early, I, but that's why UMass makes sense because it's right almost at the halfway point of the schedule for Penn State. And then October 28th against Indiana. That's going to be military appreciation. Again, a, a noble, just a noble game, right? Uh, for all the right reasons, you're going to recognize all of the great service people that are in the military, the great men and women that serve and defend this country. Uh, they're going to they salute the members. I, I imagine they're going to have a flyover. Uh, they're going to recognize them on the football field in the game. Uh, you, re you really can't go wrong. You could have done this uh, with Michigan too, but... Uh, you want to devote the whole atmosphere to one game, and that's because Michigan is, in fact, the stripe out. Uh, this is your second in command, right? To the this is your second in command to the whiteout. I the stripe out the stripe out's only been out or the the whiteout and what they do with the helmet stripe out the the helmet stripe where they have just blue at the fifty yard line that's only been around for two seasons if you can believe that it's uh, it's brand new. I think the stripe out's creative. I, I'm glad the fans are able to coordinate that as well as they do. You know what, which section is wearing white, which section is wearing blue. It looks slick. I actually really like it a lot i don't know that it does anything for the crowd uh, but it does look really nice and it's kind of penn state really gets creative with its promotions i'm fine with that as the michigan game again the stripe out was for ohio state last season so i, I i'm I, I like Penn State's decision to make the Wolverines since they can't make them the whiteout, the stripe out is very fitting. And then, of course, senior day for Rutgers on November 18th. Uh, all the seniors will be introduced before kickoff, right? Uh, and it's the annual All-University Day. And they'll recognize all of the branch campuses across the state of Pennsylvania. And Penn State's got a lot of them. So that will be for Rutgers. So there are your seven home game themes. Rutgers also an automatic win. You don't have to worry about that. So the seniors will go out in style, right? Uh, Locked on Nittany Lines is your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. You can visit happyvalleyinsider.com for everything you need to know about Penn State athletics, including... Michael Van Buren. Okay, so now we're down in the home stretch. Okay, this was someone that had a commitment date lined up for July. And in, in this final segment, Michael Van Buren is down to Oregon, Penn State, and Maryland. It seemed like Penn State, I don't want to say was an overwhelming favorite, but it seemed like the recruiting analysts were all in agreement looking around saying, okay, Michael Van Buren's going to go to Penn State. Uh, Oregon's really far away. Maryland doesn't seem to be making that good of a pitch to him, even though that is his home. Like that, that is the home school. He's from Maryland, goes to St. Francis Academy. Very, very good high school, I might add. Um, and Michael Van Buren uh, took some additional took some additional visits out to Oregon. And you're thinking, 
well, if this kid, you know, seems pretty, he's taken so many visits to Penn State, but now Oregon, he, he takes one final visit, then he adds another, and it's like, okay, now this is getting a little concerning. And we we brought on different experts, right? Dylan from Rivals, Adam Friedman from Rivals. They gave the inside scoop that Penn State should be concerned. Why are you taking multiple trips out to Oregon uh, if you – have a nice relationship with the Nittany Lions, James Franklin, and that coaching staff. Oregon's, uh, Oregon, let's just put it this way. The reason Oregon is so involved here is because of NIL opportunities. I don't know what they have promised to him. I don't know what they've said to him, but there, there's also, there's two parts to this why Michael Van Buren might choose an Oregon over Penn State. Uh, and I'll finish with my prediction uh, since we're just a few days away here at the time of this podcast. Uh, Oregon doesn't have the same quarterback situation that Penn State does. Drew Aller for at least two years, right? If everything goes according to plan, it's Drew in 23-24. And then Bo Prabula takes over 25-26, right? He has the red shirt, and it's an easy pass of the torch. And Bo Prabula is good. He can start at other places. Drew is just in the way right now. So if you're Michael Van Buren, as talented as you are, do you want to be in that same? You expect to come in and compete day one. Michael Van Buren, now if there was a window, let's say Bo Prabula is not around. Michael Van Buren can take over after Drew leaves, play that redshirt season, and then he's only on the bench for a couple of years. Then it makes sense if Bo Prabula is not in the room. If it's Drew, Jackson, Smolik, and let's just take another veteran, just veteran X, right? That, that doesn't get a lot of playing time. He holds clipboards. He, he's good. He understands the game, but it just doesn't click for him, right? That's not the situation. Oregon's situation is much different. There's an opportunity to play. They want to get two quarterbacks in this cycle. The Ducks do have another quarterback in this class of 2024 already, and Michael Van Buren still seems like he's going to commit out there. He's probably not afraid of that competition. I mean, it's a freshman versus a freshman. Of course, Bo Nix is still the starter for Oregon and Dan Lanning, and he's going to graduate. He's going to leave. He's going to go to the NFL uh, in just in one more season, right? There's not that waiting. There's not that waiting time period. There's not that pecking order. Michael Van Buren could be the starter, could redshirt with Nix's last season, and then become the starter in 2024 truly you know right uh so it, it it is interesting for penn state i also think nil has a lot to do with this uh the nittany lions are probably not offering millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands for a player who has never played a down of college football and that's I could get into a whole rant about this. Maybe I save it for another podcast. I'd love to have this discussion with all of you in the comments, but you're paying all these people with the collectives, players that have not played a single down of college football. And fine, that's your decision. You have the boosters, you have the support. Southern schools, and it seems like out West, that's what they're doing. Whereas Penn State, Notre Dame, Big Ten schools, a lot of them, schools up North, they seem to be doing it where we will help you earn money through advertisements, but we're not just going to throw millions of dollars at you from the collective. We're going to help you maximize your earning potential. And it's going to come on your own accord, right? If you are a good business person, if you know how to market yourself, we're going to give you all the resources to do that. And that's what Penn State promises. 
they might offer some money from the collective as well. It depends, but probably not the same magnitude that Oregon is. That's why Oregon, honestly, if you look at the, for 2023, 24, 25, and you look at like Pennsylvania, Maryland, why Oregon's all the way over here in the East coast. And they're, they're getting the attention of these recruits. It's so far away. But I, I guess money talks when it's all said and done. So it comes down to Oregon, Penn State, Maryland. Maryland might not be out of it. I just don't think they're a heavy player, right? Penn State and Oregon continually sends high-end NFL prospects. These kids all dream of playing football in the NFL. That is what it's about. Uh, for Michael Van Buren, uh, there's a few quotes from him at a recent camp, and he this is where he shared that he was moving up his commitment date from early July to May 20th here. Uh, so he said, Maryland is the home team. I've got a great relationship with the coaching staff and they're right down the street in my backyard. I've gone there a good amount of times. I like the stuff that they're talking about with the offense they're putting in. Okay. So Talia's still there. This is a place where Michael Van Buren, I think if he chooses Maryland, I don't, I think that's their third on the list, but if he were to, that's your hometown school, right? And after Talia, I don't think they have a lot of good options at quarterback. So Michael Van Buren, least amount of competition, least amount of resistance. He starts right away for the Terrapins. If that's what he's interested in, I think Mike Loxley, I do think he's a good coach for what it's worth. Good. <laughs> I won't put it any further than that, right? Uh, and then he says this about Oregon. Oregon, the coaching staff is great. Coach Lanning, I've got a great relationship with him and Coach Stein and everybody else on the staff. They're great. They've got great people in the building and Oregon's opportunities on and off the field are second to none. So there you go. That is code for NIL. That's just it. That's code for NIL. And then here's what he says about Penn State. Penn State has Aller. They're still recruiting other guys. That's interesting that he brought that up there because Oregon does already have the other quarterback committed. But they feel like I can come in there and take them to another level, winning a national championship. I've got a great relationship with Coach Franklin, Coach Yursich, and Coach O'Brien, and everybody else on the staff. So that makes it very interesting. He points out that Penn State already has other quarterbacks in the fold. That includes Prabula, and that includes all the guys that we just recently talked about. I, I had Dylan from Rivals on the show, Dylan Callaghan Crowley, and we talked about Penn State's uh, other options, right? There's Trevor Jackson, there's Tyler Cherry, there's Grunk, there's Ethan Grunkmeyer. Uh, there's all these guys that they are recruiting and could bring in, and there is the potential that they could take two quarterbacks in the class of 2024. It's not necessary because of Drew and the potential of Bo, but here we are. So when it comes down to it on May 20th, I do think Michael Van Buren will select Oregon. I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. You will tailor. Mike Yersich isn't going to box him in. They are going to tailor the system towards him. He is more of a mobile quarterback, but for someone who is on the smaller side, he just, he can create, okay? You can put it, you can keep him in the pocket. You can roll him out. You can have design run plays for him. It's like the same thing with Bo Perbula. Bo Perbula is a little bigger, but you can get creative with these quarterbacks. And that's the most important part. Unfortunately, I just think Oregon's opportunities, both on and off the field, will be the difference. The Ducks will get Michael Van Buren again. They And like Maryland, they have a little less resistance when it comes to the starting quarterback job. You can only have one quarterback. You you can't <laughs> if you have 
two quarterbacks starting, you have no quarterback starting. Okay. That's just the case. That saying is going to hold true for the rest of the time. But like Penn State, you're going to have multiple running backs. You're going to have multiple wide receivers. You're going to have multiple offensive linemen. Okay. When it comes to quarterback, you're, you're not going to have multiple. You're going to have a depth chart, but you, you can't have two starters. And in the case of Penn State, they got Drew Aller and then a starter in waiting. And then is Michael Van Buren going to want to wait that long? I don't think so. But time will tell, and we'll obviously talk about it here on Locked on Nittany Lines when it does roll around. It'll be exciting to see his decision and some of the upcoming decisions. And we're going to have all those special guests back on. Dylan's going to be back on very soon. Adam Friedman's going to be back on very soon, as well as some other special guests surrounding Penn State football. And until then, I will talk to you next time on another Locked on Nittany Lines.